Today we are in probably a pivotal part of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus shares a command and then a choice that we can make. There's, a, there's apparently a, tr- a true story that is told in the Babylonian Talmud, which is from 350 AD, of two famous rabbis, Hillel and Shammai. And these, these rabbis were often in sharp disagreement with one another. And if you know the culture of like rabbis and how, the, how that all works, lots of questioning, questioning each other, grilling each other. This is the way of life. This is the culture. And so there were these two rabbis, um, Shammai was actually a rabbi that influenced Jesus and was, was one of his contemporaries. But uh, in the Talmud, it tells a story about Hillel and Shammai. And uh, it says in the Talmud, quote, On another occasion, it happened that a certain non-Jew came before Shammai, who was Hillel's more conservative or rival teacher, if you will. And this non-Jew said to him, I will become one of your disciples on the condition that you teach me the whole Torah while I stand on one foot. So if you can tell me how to, how to follow God while I'm standing on one foot, then I'll become one of your disciples. And be, being a conservative guy, Shammai drove him out with a measuring stick. <laughs> like, you're crazy. Chased him out of the building. This same man went before Hillel. To be, to be made a disciple of Jesus. And he said the same thing to Hillel. And he said, oh, no problem. Stand on one foot. He says, what is hurtful or hateful to you, do not do that to your neighbor. That is the whole Torah. The rest is commentary. Go and learn. Not bad. What is hurtful, he used the word hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. That is the whole Torah. The rest is commentary. Go and learn. So imagine that. One of Jesus' contemporaries, Hillel, he taught the entire Torah to this man while he stood on one foot, reportedly. Jesus taught something very similar with a, with a slight twist uh, to Hillel, and that is the teaching that comes from today's passage. It's been called the, the peak of Everest of all theological teaching. It's, a, it's even been called a topmost peak for all ethics in the world, an ethic that Uh, could be summed up while standing on one foot. So we're going to be in Matthew 7, 12 to 14. Jesus says, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. Only a few find it. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So in today's passage, we have this command to to love, this golden rule. Do unto others what you'd have them do unto you. And with it, in context, the choice of two ways of being. The narrow road with with the narrow door that leads to life, or the broad road with the broad door that leads to to destruction. As we saw in Matthew 5 earlier in the series, Jesus did not come to abolish God's law, but to fulfill it. And what Jesus says here about uh, doing for other people what we would have them do for us, this positive command, Jesus says it sums up the law and the prophets. Summing up can mean, can mean two different things. It can mean just what it says. This is the conclusion. But you could also say all the law and the prophets hang on the command 
to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Remember in our old house, we had these really nice uh, cast iron hooks on the wall where we put our pots and pans. And when we moved, I was totally lost trying to find pots and pans without those cast iron uh, hooks that they hung on. Uh, they, were, they were in boxes, they were on the floor, on the counter, in the cabinet. Uh, but one day, Jackie hung up the old cast iron hooks. And all of a sudden, all of those pots and pans were accessible and usable. And this golden rule is kind of like that, you know. It's one of those things you could eat. The, the whole law and the prophet hang on these things. Do unto others as we would have them do unto us. You know, many, many ancient teachers, including Hillel, you know, taught something like Jesus' golden rule. But what's the difference? What's the difference between what Hillel said and what Jesus said? Jesus said, Jesus added, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus' message was, think about it and do for other people what you wish they would do for you. Hillel's message and many other teachers' messages is, if you don't, don't like something, don't do that to other people. Right? Jesus' command goes above and beyond. So if you wouldn't want someone to steal your money or attack your loved ones, then you yourself should not steal other people's money or attack their loved ones. But the, but the new twist is, when you think about uh, things that you want or need, do for other people the thing that you want or need to show love to them. He takes them into a territory that I would definitely call love. Do in everything, not in some things, but in everything, do for other people what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. This, this, uh, this one verse is, is a logical continuation, even a capstone on some of Jesus' previous teachings in Matthew chapter 5. You remember when Jesus taught us love, you've heard it said eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. In Matthew 5, this is what Jesus taught. And now he says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now both of these Ways of loving are counterintuitive to our nature as people. Uh, we, when we are faced with injustice, or we're faced with people that drive us crazy, or people are hurtful towards us, they make themselves our enemies in some way, we want to respond by cutting them out of our lives, um, putting up a, a boundary where they can't be a part of our lives anymore, or retaliating in some way. When people hurt us, we want to hurt them back from the time we are little kids to the time we are adults. In the natural world, when someone makes themselves our enemy or tries to harm us, you know, we, we, we tend to become angry and bitter with them. Perhaps we turn around and, and treat the person in a similar way, following that principle of eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth that Jesus warned us against, if, if not writing them off completely. But Jesus tells us to love our enemy and pray for those who persecute us. It's against our selfish nature to do that. It's against... Uh, what we naturally would do. In the natural realm, we are, we are selfish. We are all selfish, every one of us. There's no one who is selfless, not even one. Like, we are very selfish people. Um, what that means is that we are often thinking about ourselves and what we need, and we lose sight of the things that people around us might need. We can be very self-centered and, and self-focused. But Jesus tells us to consider how we want to be treated, and then treat other people in that same exact way in order to show love. 
everyone, not just people we have a vested, a vested interest in being good to, but everybody. So these ways of being described by Jesus are not, are not haphazard. They don't happen by accident. You know, these, this way of, of loving your enemy and praying for those who persecute you, of thinking of what you'd want done for you than doing it for other people is not something that you can do just by accident. It's something that you need to do intentionally. It's an action. And that's what love is. They, the, these ways of loving only happen when a person submits to Jesus as Lord and determines in their heart that they are going to follow the narrow path with Jesus instead of the broad road that they were born into that leads to destruction, where there are many, many, many other people traveling. Jesus sadly and, and sorrowfully says, you know, why is the road that leads to destruction? And there's many people on that road. Not my words, that's Jesus' words. But narrow is the road that leads to life, and few people find it. Most people are, even people that we consider to be very good people, we're just talking average people, because all of us are kind, of, are kind of selfish and sinful by nature, are on this road that leads to destruction. They might be nice people, but they are ultimately just following um, their own desires. And they've just appeared on this road almost by accident. So Jesus is telling us, uh, we need to get on the narrow road, the narrow road of love, the hard road of love. Some people would say, well, loving is easy. The, the road is broad. The, the door is open. I love everybody. I'm good with everybody. That sounds nice and good. But the truth is that love is an action that you do that's very difficult to perform many times. It's hard to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It's hard to, instead of thinking about your own interests, think about what other people around you need and then do that every day. That's a hard road to be on. It's not, to love is not easy. It is a narrow road that leads to life. But when you love, you become fully alive and your future is secured in Christ. You're walking with Jesus. Um, wide is the road of people that walk in a, in a selfishness that doesn't consider other people, that doesn't love the enemy and forgive those who have hurt us. Uh, why is that road? And it leads to destruction. It leads to the destruction of the personality that God created to flourish and grow in his love in this life. And it leads to, there's a hint that leads to a future destruction. That it's, it destroys a person from the inside out when they walk on that wide road that leads to destruction. That road to destruction is filled with people, with a multitude of people who are headed towards death and judgment for how they choose to live every day. How they choose to live against the law of love that Jesus has given us, the hard road of love. On that broad road with the wide gate are people who rationalize to each other their way of life, and everyone is constantly saying, yeah, me too. I thought I was the only one. Yep, good. We're, we're good here. And amen. And, you know, what else were you supposed to do? You know, they deserved that. They deserved what you did to them. You know, there's a lot of high-fiving and, aff and affirmation on the wide road that leads to destruction. But on the narrow road with the small gate are people who are following Jesus who has gone before them and has loved perfectly. Who has loved, his, loved and forgiven his enemies perfectly, loved everyone he came into, con into contact with perfectly, who has stripped his outer garment to wash the animal dung off the feet of his disciples and shared a table with the one that betrayed him. Jesus has done this perfectly. He's on the narrow road. And on that road, there aren't people comparing themselves to each other. It's just people comparing themselves to Jesus. There's only enough room for Jesus to go through the gate. 
and he calls himself the gate for the sheep. And we follow Jesus in the way of Jesus. And we don't say, you know, I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's understandable that I do this. You know, I, I, no, we say, compared to Jesus, I need to step it up. <laughs> um, the only person we compare ourselves to is Christ on that road. The one you said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. The one you positively said, do unto others what you'd have them do for you. So these people on this road watch Jesus' example. They hear his teaching and they say, as hard as it is, they say, yes, Lord. And they say amen to whatever Jesus tells them to do. You know, this is the definition of love and grace. And the final result for the people on the narrow road with the small gate is life. Though to those who compare themselves to Christ and look to the way he loved in order to instruct themselves to love, and you do the hard work of loving enemies, of praying for those who persecute them, of thinking about what other people need and, and looking to their interests instead of your own interests. These are uh, the, the things that we experience on the road with Christ. There are two ways, said Jesus. There's a wide road that leads to destruction, and many people are on it, affirming one another, and there's a narrow road that leads to life, and few find it. One is the way of love, and those who are on that road with Jesus are made perfect in love. One is the way of fear and judgment, and the person that's on that road cannot be made perfect in Jesus' love. Jesus frames this pretty severely. I'm sure there's a lot more that the narrow and, and wide road means. People talk about the idea of salvation. There's a narrow, there's, there's a, a call to everybody in the world to come to know Jesus, but those who choose to obey Jesus and follow him end up on the narrow road. And then the wide road is, is, is a road where anyone can go. Um, there's different ways of looking at the road, but fundamentally I think it's, it's, an, it's an issue of love in context of this passage. It's those people who put into action their love every day at great expense to themselves in, inspired by what Jesus did for them. It's of utmost importance that we learn to love as Jesus taught us to, not the way the world has taught us to, to put other people before ourselves, to love our enemies, to forgive those who trespass against us, that we might be children of our Father in heaven. So we see Jesus' ideal pretty clearly, to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. How does Jesus tell us we are to do this? It might be surprising, but according to Jesus, a reliable place to look when considering how to love others is often to ourselves. This is almost never true, but because of how we are all uh, pretty focused on our own needs and wants, it actually works this time. Our calling from morning to night is to monitor our behaviors, our attitudes, our words towards others in contrast to how we wish people would behave, speak, and treat us. To look inward and ask ourselves, as we look, as we look outward to other people, to look inward and ask ourselves, am, am I behaving, speaking, and holding attitudes towards those people the way that I would want them to behave, hold attitudes, and speak towards me? This is a 24-7 uh, litmus test. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In Philippians it says, we are supposed to not look, look, not look only to our own interests, but also to the interests of others. Are we walking around thinking, you know, what are, what are the needs of the, these people that I live with in my home? What are the needs of my coworkers? What are the needs of my church? What are the needs of my family? 
And not, not ignoring your own needs, but putting those needs aside to meet the needs of other people in love. This is a narrow road decision that we make. Jesus tells us, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So we have to be in touch with what do we want, how do we want other people to talk to us? We do this with our kids all the time. Would you like it if I talked to you that way? You know? Would you like it if I did that to you? Um, this is actually a really good thing to ask yourself, to look inside with all of your, you know, all, all the ways we deceive ourselves and we, we stand in pride and to humble ourselves and say, you know, am I really speaking, treating this person the way that I would want to be spoken to and treated? You know, when I, when I fall down, am I grinding people's faces into their failures? Um, or, or, or would I want someone to lift me up and encourage me and help me out of the pit? How many times do I want to be forgiven? <laughs> seven times? Seventy times seven? How, like, what do you want? Do you want people to, um, how do you want God to treat you? How do you want other people to treat you? And then do that for other people. In doing this, we are made perfect in love. We walk the road with Jesus and we receive a reward. And again, because Jesus went before us, he's the pioneer, we have inspiration, we have strength for the, for the road, and we have only one person we compare ourselves to, and that's Jesus Christ. It's doable. Jesus obeyed and followed God's way of love in his, in his body, in his life, and calls us to likewise take up our cross and follow God as well. So we look we look inward. We listen to ourselves. Listen to the things we say. I wish, oh, I wish someone would do this for me. I wish this would happen for me. And then make that so for other people. We look inside of ourselves and we say, Am I, is the way I'm thinking about this person, talking about this person, treating this person in line with how I would want to be treated? And then if that's not the case, we do an about face. Unless you're a real sadist, this works really well. If, you, if, you're, if you're someone that loves pain, this is not going to work very well. But most people... They, they want love, they want comfort, they want grace. And, we, and so if you want it, you got to give it. you got to give it. We need to relate to our spouses, our siblings, our parents, our children, our church family, listening to the inner voice that says, this is how I would want to be treated in this same situation. How do I now treat other people? How would I want to be treated in this situation? And this golden rule leads us to humility. Instead of immediate emotional angry reactions and, and plots of revenge or just giving people the cold shoulder, all the things that, we, that come very naturally to us from the time we're small children, we ask the question, what do we wish, what, what do we want others to, how, how do we want others to treat us when we, when we are tempted? We want them to judge, judge, us, judge us harshly. We ask the question, those, those humility questions of, if this person's treating me this way, did I do something to provoke them, thinking the best of them in love? Um, what are the reasons that people are treating me the way they're treating me? You know, looking to those deeper questions and giving people the benefit of the doubt, hoping all things, believing all things, as it says in Romans 13, thinking the best of people and working towards loving people in the way that we would like to be loved. The amazing thing that as you look inward to that question of how do I want to be treated, you will then be led out of yourself into a life of loving other people. Because if you take how you want to be treated and apply it to other people, you will become uh, someone who's not selfish and self-centered and self-righteous. 
but someone who is a dispenser of the love that God's freely giving. And there is enough love in God to fill every person in the world a thousand times over. And all that love just flows through you as you humble yourself and as you consider how you can love people actively. So this is the narrow path of Jesus. We are called to step off of the wide road with the wide gate, with all the people that are telling each other everything's just fine and you're doing as good as you can. Instead, we are to step behind Jesus on the narrow path that leads to life, listening to his word alone, not comparing ourselves to others, but only comparing ourselves to Christ. In his quite uh, highly recommended summer read, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's The Cost of Discipleship, he says, As long as I recognize this road as the one I am commanded to walk and try to walk it in fear of myself is truly impossible. If I see Jesus walking ahead of me step by step, if I look only at him and follow him step by step, then I will be protected on this path. The wide road that leads to destruction with the wide gate is tread by many multitudes of people, according to Jesus. I wish that wasn't so. That's hard to read. It's hard to see. But it's true. People comparing themselves to one another, self-justifying, yes and amening each other. But on the narrow road with the narrow gate, we have Jesus in front of us. Jesus who said, take my teaching upon you and learn from me. You are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, and your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. You are to love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. You are to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is the way that leads to life. And few find it because it's very challenging. But with Jesus' strength and his protection and his constant provision, if we allow the love of God to pour through us like a pipe, Jesus will continue to pour through us love as we humble ourselves before him. As the worship band comes forward, I wanted to share some more words from Scripture to ponder as we think about this narrow road of Christ that leads to life. It says in James 2.8, If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. Everything hangs on this. If you keep the law, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. Romans 13 8 through 10. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever, whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Galatians 5.14 for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. In Luke 13, the entire will of God is about learning to love others. Uh, it says in Luke 13, 23, someone asked, Lord, are, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. So every day, we all stand before God, and Jesus stands right in the middle of that path. He beckons us, follow me, follow the way of love. It's not an easy path, it's not a feeling, it's an action. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. In this, you show yourselves to be God's children. God, give us your eyes to look not only to our own interests, but to the interests of others. To think about how we want other people to speak to us, treat us, and then to turn around and treat others with that same love that we would love to receive and following Jesus. We lift all these things up in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dispersed. Go and be the church.